0: Uh, what's up, Creighton fans? Matt e. Marinas here from White and Blue Review. Johnny Atala, Omaha World Herald. Ready to get into the nuts and bolts of Villanova's 64-59 win um, over Creighton in Omaha. on uh, In a game that, honestly, like, played out a lot like probably Villanova wanted, yet yes. managed to be led by Creighton for most of the way. Um, until until Colin Gillespie and Sadiq Bay found the three point stroke, made some big strats on the stretch and Villanova's defence tightened the grip a little bit and uh pulled away for the a very Villanova like you know, just Philly tough, grind it out, outlast you in a in a phone booth type of affair and uh um they improved to two and one I think in league play. I'm adding it up, right? Creighton falls to one and two. Uh, John, your... Some of your initial
1: takeaways on the 40 minutes that just transpired. Yeah, it was a, it was Villanova's game. Like, the style fit yeah. Villanova. And even though Creighton was ahead and the crowd had moments when it roared and the Jays had fun at times <coughs> look looked like they were on the verge of getting a big win, Villanova was never uncomfortable like the Jays never put him in a corner Uh, it was just interesting, do uh, you find it striking listen to Colin Gillespie and Sadiq Bay talk after that game? I just love listening to their like,
0: their mentality ooze out of them naturally because like the things they say is like ingrained in them as like the minute they get there and I think it's cool to listen to like just, you know you just assume that they their identity is what their identity is, but like those, it's not it doesn't seem like fake. It, it's, you know what I mean? The way a, they to me, I mean, like they're Villanova, true to the core of who they are, like yeah. the inside and out. And it, Congolese like, this is what we do. Yeah 94, 94 by fifty, with your brothers type of dude. That was a great quote. So yeah. you Bay with the road attitude
1: thing. I mean, that's all like. I mean, they they are conditioned to thrive in a game like this. Yeah. On the road, they are most comfortable in the uncomfortable yeah. situations, and Creighton isn't quite there yet, right? And that's what this game like. <clears throat> maybe if the Jays had caught Nova a week earlier, they win because Nova doesn't have that. It's not sort of in that mentality that it was in tonight. <clears throat> um, coming off a loss, coming like off maybe, a loss, yeah, yeah, a yeah bit, like, bit, like yeah, they're a little they're, bit, they're, bit sharper, a little bit more focused, mm-hmm, a little bit hungry, something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've never been under 500 in league play since Big East Reconstruction you know that was on their minds they've won every regular season title except one and the t- when the one they didn't win they beat the champs twice and crushed them yeah. both times and then won the national title Right. so like this it's ingrained in each one of these guys that they own this conference and when you lose the way they lost against Marquette you knew what kind of like they were coming out um to prove a point, and they proved it. And I mean, Creighton, Creighton had a chance yeah. to keep them from doing that, but it wasn't. It wasn't able to. It had to be. It had to match that that level of, I don't know, championship grit, whatever it is. I don't know what to call it. It's. Villainous. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to like blow
0: smoke up Creighton fans. Uh, at Creighton fans here, but it's a
1: lot like what
0: they see every fall in volleyball. Like, there's just a mental fortitude. Because of the dominance that they've sustained for period long periods of time, the names change, the the players are different, but like the attitude is the same, the mentality is the same, the expectation is the same, and when you don't put them away, they
1: don't go away. Yeah. So they're they're fine with that situation. So I said if, I said that they were like Creighton was like playing into Villanova's hands all game. Yeah. And Creighton didn't. I don't know if it knew it was doing that or just couldn't help but do that mm-hmm. like Villanova had the game that it wanted even though it was trailing and had to find a way through it was shooting terribly right but it wasn't like out of the game and no. it was like this is our this is our style so I thought that I mean at halftime I was like you know Creighton's shooting 48 percent but the Jays haven't found a rhythm offensively mm-hmm. you know they haven't pushed tempo they haven't gotten looks for their shooters um and and they've kind of built this lead on the fact that Nova settled for threes you saw the first possession of the second half for Nova they went to Jermaine Samuels instead of driving and stopping at the elbow he went right to the rim and that that to me was a tone center for Nova like they were like okay we're this is how we're gonna get back in this game and win it so I know that I'm sure there's a lot of Creighton fans who are really frustrated because obviously the Jays were were on the verge of (laughs) of getting a big-time win. But to me, this game was more – this is my opinion, man. It was more about Nova than – Creighton was just like the – I don't know, man. Like Nova was the the lead actor in this deal, and and Creighton was the complimentary piece. Like they were just part of the story. It just happened that they had to run into Nova today. It just felt like they I don't were, mean to let but but it's like they played Nova's
0: game the entire time and it's like I, I think they were, I was sitting there thinking even with Creighton up ten up twelve up 14 I was like I'm gonna be shocked if if the, the run that Creighton needs to go on to put this one away never happens and they still win because it just wasn't like Creighton's game mm-hmm. they never established pace uh they never got going from the perimeter especially the 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 three guys that they rely on from the perimeter right um you know they were nine for 30 uh from the field overall and i think one for ten from three the mitch hit the big three late but um it was kind of like that that was their last punch really that they had um that was the only three that those three hit so i was like if you're gonna tell me that this is all gonna be a reality that tyshawn mitch and marcus are never gonna get going from the three-point line um and they're still going to win this game like i'm I'm gonna have a hard time believing that right. and sure enough here comes villanova with that championship medal um you know they don't hit a three the entire second half and then all of a sudden colin gillespie and sadiq bago bang bang back to back um with some big time shots and on their misses that that bugaboo of that that was creighton's number one focus was defensive rebounding uh, Villanova, so got, yeah. Villanova got six second chance points down the stretch out of their fourteen.
1: Yeah, well, I was um, going to say, yeah, they had four second chance points in the first half, ten in the second. Yeah. Uh, Creighton had two turnovers in the first half, seven in the second. Right. I mean, is that it right there? Is that the difference in the Pretty game? Much. Because like that's, as, my, that's as few possessions, possessions as
0: huge as possessions this game was played at, like I said, like we've said, with Villanova controlling the pace and limiting the possessions, those mistakes came. Amplified, yeah. You know, what I am saying like those empty possessions were amplified because Villanova kept the, you know, kept the, you know, dictated the rules of engagement all night, and yeah. they didn't let Creighton get away from. It. To me, it was. I yeah. think it's. I thought. It, I, I, I there is some things to be impressed with on Creighton's part to, to the fact that they were in the position they were in despite not being in control of any of the things they wanted to be in control of. But I mean, I, I, I come away with this impressed, really impressed with Villanova because, you know. They play they were playing catch up the whole game and that can wear on you mentally, but they never faltered. You know what I'm saying? They just don't do that. They're like, We're fine if you wanna play if you wanna play from the lead, we're just gonna stay around and always be there. And then when it's time to make big plays on the stretch, we're gonna make big plays on the stretch. And that's what they did. Like yeah. that's you
1: gotta give them credit for that. They took the game, it wasn't handed to them. Yeah, I don't think Creighton really did. I mean they're Maybe think- we should maybe we should talk a little bit about what Creighton didn't do offensively down okay. the stretch because the Jays did I mean they were up they were up with they're up ten with ten minutes ago and uh, I think maybe up six with eight minutes ago or what was
0: this well Christian bishop's three point play put him up eight with eight minutes left. Okay. And after that it was twenty to seven
1: Nova. That was the final run. Yeah. Yeah. So what did what did what did you see from your perspective? Because you know, I asked both coaches what they saw. Uh, down the stretch And neither of them Really had a specific Answer right. to that Of like What the difference was I think Jay Wright Was just like Look man Creighton just missed A couple shots That they could have hit mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Greg McDermott Brought up Damian Jefferson's Like attempt at a dunk Which shouldn't seem Very high percentage To me in the first place I felt like that was Going to be a tough finish A tough finish um, And then a wide open Three for Marcus Segorowski mm-hmm. in the corner That's a That's a high percentage Look for For, sure. for Creighton normally But I don't know, what did, what did you see down the stretch? Because uh, uh, obviously something changed, unless, unless maybe Creighton just missed shots, I don't know. Well, I mean, they did miss shots, but I think, you know,
0: that's just kind of part of the game. You know, like, the shots aren't going to go in. I think the fact that it, it, was, it was Creighton's inability to really find the shooting stroke at all from the perimeter, and then Villanova making big shots was what kind of changed that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, Villanova really did tighten up down the stretch, um, because while Creighton did miss shots at the rim, I thought Villanova really, really got after, like really, really protected the rim a lot better than they had all game with their length. I think they blocked a couple of those shots. Well, they, the they like, blocked. Their four they
1: blocked. They uh, blocked. Marcus Zagorowski on one. Yeah, that was and, after and they blocked Denzel Mahoney at the rim on another. Yep, yeah, um, that was a one-on-one block. That was a really nice play by. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Earl, and I think Bay got Zagorowski on help maybe, on the help. Yeah, and Mahoney's well on a
0: jump stop, drive to the rim. Like, he did all the things that he's kind of trained to do that you he want to do down yeah, there. he got he blocked got by a taller,
1: power. longer guy. But that's half the block shots right there, so I felt like they just tightened up a little bit and yeah. just were a little bit more... They didn't foul. That was Wright, one thing that Wright. Jay Wright said, is, yeah. like, they had been fouling uh, during the lead-up to that final stretch, and then at the end of the game, they didn't foul. They like Creighton didn't shoot any free throws over the... Well, I guess Taishan got two at the line mm-hmm. for that technical... Um, on Jay But over the final eight minutes, Creighton didn't shoot any free throws. So that was big, too, that they were able to defend without fouling Villanova was. But, yeah, I I don't know. For me, what I saw is I thought Creighton just kind of was doing – maybe that there were a couple possessions where things got forced or they weren't as aggressive as maybe they could be. I think of that pull-up three-pointer that Tyshawn shot at the end of the shot clock. Like, yeah. that shot wasn't bad because the possession – it was he had was the ball a, his, he, Yeah, it was isolation. But, the, but it was point. like what happened before that, uh, before that shot went to up to break down. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, to lead to that. Um, yeah, I, I I thought they I thought they had a really good play and action running um, after Villanova went ahead sixty to fifty seven. Craig calls timeout. I thought they had they got
0: Mitch going on. They the got wing Mitch and going and he dished to
1: Christian yeah. and Christian tried maybe a one more when he could have maybe just... I mean, he, he didn't really have anywhere to go. It was either a flutter well, or a pass. Actually, I, think, right? I thought
0: he had Mahoney on a backdoor, and it got deflected. He did. That's what he tried. Like that was a really good play by Villanova's defense, too, because they yeah. were out of
1: position. Yeah. They got backdoored, which is something that... I just thought great. That that possession, I thought the Jays had a lot of good movement. Mm-hmm. Good, it was good action, and they just kind of get that final piece, that final play. Yeah, I thought Bishop should have shot it, is what I thought, but did have. He on did. The, he, on the
0: catch, just
1: take yeah, it all the way in, just, just or, try to score yeah. instead of uh, uh, make that extra pass. But you know, it, it was a good play by Villanova mm-hmm. defensively. So yeah, I, I don't know. Generally, I, I, again, I'm eager to kind of watch it, but generally, I thought, I thought Villanova just kind of improved its defense, mm-hmm. and and Creighton was doing what it was doing all game. Yeah, and that and. Because that
0: possession did have a lot of pace and a lot of movement to it, and it was pretty, it was pretty well run to open up what they wanted to open up. They just Villanova just made a really good defensive play to to prevent the final pass from getting completed. Yeah. To the rim, which would they wouldn't have anybody there if it had been completed.
1: Um, I mean, those two threes I mean, that Gillespie and Bay hit were tough,
0: dude. Like, you know what's crazy? I like, think, think about I think- Colin Gillespie's game. Like it didn't feel like he was just. It didn't feel like he did what he did, but then you look at it and you're like, what? It's like it felt like the quietest twenty four on eight of ten, but every time he needed to make a big shot, he did. Yeah. And not only late, uh, because he made a big three that gave them the lead initially, um, and then he kind of made a shot over Tyshawn in the in inside that kind of extended it to a, made it a two possession game. It was a, It was a. It made it 60-57, right? After Bay, yeah, 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 yeah. after Bay hit the three, or yeah. yeah, sorry, one position game. Um, so those were two big time plays for sure. But also, I felt like in the first half when Creighton was really starting to get some mojo going because they were oh, they yeah, were had put,
1: two threes in a row.
0: Yeah, they were put they were putting stops together. I think they were up twenty six ten. They were putting stops together. Um, they were scoring at the rim. Marcus Zagorowski twenty four like, to 10.
1: 24 to ten. Okay,
0: yep. and Marcus Zagorowski was doing a really good job of kind of probing Villanova's defense and like finding guys um, for easy layups inside. Um, like doing a really good job of countering Villanova's pressure on the perimeter, um, and it felt like the game could have gotten away from Villanova if you know Creighton had put like a three-point run together, where they just bang three in a row and and make it a twenty-point game, and then just kind of lock in defensively. Yeah. Um, like the way they played defensively from Creighton, that might have been enough had they put a to run together. You know, if they had they hit a couple threes in that stretch, but um, Gillespie goes back to back and makes the 10 point game all of a sudden and it felt like that was a pretty good that was a pretty good counterpunch from Villanova's perspective because it kept the game it pulled the game back within striking distance and then they just kind of just hang around and hang around and hang around yeah and they did so like he was like good. like I said whenever they needed him to make a big play he made a big play yeah like without even hesitation he's like all right now I kind of need to be a leader and you know, that's why he's one of the – I feel like he's underrated, but I feel like that's why he's one of the best point guards in this league. He's not he underrated just, for me, know, so. I love yeah. – I've
1: loved his games. I just a feel fresh, like he doesn't get the pub year. that the
0: guy that other guys on this team get, like, because he's not flashy um, and he just does the simple things really well. But, I mean, one turnover in 39 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, he was just – he was incredible. Yeah. He won that one on one battle, you know, between Marcus Zagorowski. Although he wasn't like guarding Marcus Zagorowski too often, he guarded him. A little right, but Zagorowski was guarding him. him. Yeah. So yeah. like when it was when he had to make a play, he made it against Marcus. So, yeah. That that one on one battle was, um, experience one in that one for sure. Uh. You know, I thought. I mean, from a rebounding standpoint, I thought Creighton did a pretty decent job until, like I said, until down the stretch when Villanova just, you know. Had a couple tough ones that they got. Well, there was that one loose on, ball that like, was right
1: there for Christian to get. He like just his couldn't hands, get it. Yeah, just slipped away. And then it was a Bishop dunked, a, or Samuel's dunked on him. Yeah, yeah, that might have been the turning point of the game, honestly. Yeah, maybe. If he had to pick one. Like, that was when – or, the, you know, that that was when you kind of – I kind of felt like, uh-oh. I mean, I kind of felt uh-oh for creating all game. Yeah, like that one was 40 like 40 a major like, sort of like alarm, alarm, alarm. Yeah. Alarm. yeah. Uh, this is – I think that brought it to 54-50 and um, – It sort of elevated the intensity level of the Nova bench and everybody involved. And so, yeah,
0: yeah, I think my first uh oh of the game from from like Creighton's perspective came like it was when uh I can't remember who hit the free throws. Uh, sorry, this is bad.
1: I don't know. I think someone from
0: Villanova hit a couple free throws in the first half. I can't remember who it is now. I apologize, but like. I felt like Creighton was really, really sharp defensively. Um, And they had built that double-digit lead. And my first uh uh-oh came when I think Villanova got to the free throw line, hit a couple, and it cut it from like – made it a six-point game. I think it was 31-25.
1: Oh, that was Bay. Okay, so Sadiq Bay hit a couple. But he got fouled on uh, an offensive – or a defensive rebound and went to the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the
0: uh uh-oh was realizing that it's a six-point game. (laughs) And Creighton has played arguably its best defensive half of like the Greg McDermott era, and I'm like, I'm like, it's a six point game, and you guys, and they've been locked in to a new level defensively. Like, again, their defense, it's kind of crazy that they're zero and two in the last two games because their defense has really, I think, performed pretty well. Yeah, and I think if you were to lay out.
1: You know, if you were to
0: lay out certain things from Creighton to do, if they had played this way defensively, if I told you they were going to play this way defensively and they were going to hold, you know, Nova to this, and they were going to hold Butler to that, yeah. which you think they would lose, and I don't think you would. I don't think anybody would assume that Creighton's going to go what four for thirty seven for thirty six from three in those two games. Like that's right. You know what I mean? That's really awful. I mean yeah. that's ice 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 cold.
1: Yeah, it is. Um,
0: so I think like. The fact that their defense was that good and they were only up six was my first, like, uh oh of the game. Because I think, I felt like going into halftime, you we were like, you know, Jay Wright's going to find an adjustment. He's going to find a matchup he likes. They're going to go inside more often than they did in the first half. Because they shot 23s in the first half with 29 shots, right? Yeah. And they hit four of them.
1: Yeah. yeah they, so they like, I, I, I talk, I'm telling you, man, like, let's, let's look at their first, their first, uh, in the second half, Bill Nova's first, uh, first possession was. Uh, Samuel's going right at Mitch yeah. Balick. They're like, Mitch "Where's
0: Mitch? Go." He where's went. Where's Mitch went, went, Samuels, Go.
1: Yeah, Samuel's yeah. went right at Mitch Balick, dished and got a bucket. The for, next possession, next possession, Samuel's went right to the rim, got a bucket. Yeah. Next possession, yeah. it was a uh, more went, went right to, to the, the rim, missed, bucket. but got his own rebound bucket. Yeah. Uh, like to me, those were tone-setting possessions. Yeah. Villanova 6 six-zero run pulls within two, and like to, it was just sort of a reminder that like, like you know that. Hey, you took your shots in the first half, Creighton, but we're not going yeah. anywhere. So it, it was basically like a, like at thirty-one twenty-five,
0: I felt like when they hit those free throws, I was like I felt like Villanova, in that moment, was basically sending this subliminal message: that like you had your chance to put us away, and now you and you missed it, and we're not going away now. Like yeah. because in the second half, we're gonna come out, um, we're gonna attack you inside more, and eventually. We're gonna wear you down because this is our type of game yep. and you know it like I just felt right. like there was like a mental battle a mental a little bit of a mental warfare being waged and I felt like Villanova was slowly like just seizing control and settling into a comfort zone even though they weren't ever leading it's yep. crazy that they felt like I felt like Nova was controlling this game
1: yet Creighton was constantly leading
0: but even that's, by that's double digits most of that's the
1: that's how I felt too and I think I don't know it's hard for me Matt like i I understand. Creighton fans' frustration, like, because Creighton fans want Creighton to elevate itself to Villanova's level, like, you want to win this type of game, yeah. but Nova is not, Creighton's not at that level, and this game proves it, like, when Villanova plays its style and does what it wants to do, like, what... Creighton couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, like when you dictate terms, when Villanova's dictating terms, like what? Against know. Marquette, Villanova didn't dictate no, the terms. No, Marcus Howard got hot, shot him, shot him into a huge lead, and they hung Right. Yeah. So the key in this game was for Creighton to not allow Villanova to do it. But the problem <coughs> is, it's Nova, and when Nova wants to do it, it can do it. You know, Oops. so like it was like, uh, I mean, Villanova at its best, and versus Creighton at. It's, I don't know, this wasn't Creighton's best. Mm -hmm. Like, that... I mean, did you... That's the result. The result is 64-59. Right. I mean, did you... I guess Villanova wasn't at its best. No. Let me be fair, like, they shot... Certainly not from an execution standpoint. They shot terribly from three in the first half, but um, in terms of, like, bringing that grit and fire and intensity and just finding a way to, like, defend with, uh, with, I don't know, It's like... I don't, the way that Villanova plays, man. there's yeah. tough. To bring that toughness that they brought that. I mean, I think the thing that's going to sting is, like, if you told – if
0: you just – when you lay out, the, like, just from a numbers perspective, you try to isolate certain things. You say, like, Villanova's going to go 6 for 33 from 3 tonight. I think if you even ask Creighton – if you even told Creighton coaches, that's the reality. Villanova's going to shoot 18% on 33 – on 33 What's – you know, how – how how will you take that and how good do you feel about your chances yeah. to win? I think you would be near 100%. Yeah. Like, I think they were like, oh, yeah, that's the ball. That's the ball game. Like, they're going to come in. They're going to shoot.
1: We're hoping they miss, and we're going to try to rebound enough. And I thought they, like, 14 second chance points. When you play Villanova, and it doesn't matter if you play Villanova at home or away, There's a there's an element to the game. You look at the stat sheet and you're like, okay, who had rebounds? Is, you are you always look at the stats. The stats don't. There needs to be another category that, that the stats don't track. Style, is, right? Style or toughness or just like yeah. the Villanova mentality factor. Like right. you got to match that. If you if you match it, then you have a chance. If you don't match it, you're not going to get there. Right. And, and Villanova was at its peak there from like championship mentality. It that's what it brought. Creighton didn't have it. I don't even know. Creighton may not know it, how to do that yet. Yeah, it certainly hasn't won a championship. So like, right? No, I mean, yeah, to that level, right, no. right. So how do you, like that that piece of the game, which is it, it's intangible. It's when you're sitting there courtside and you watch it, you can tell uh, yeah. that that they it's have a way about can, them. It's something
0: you can see you can and you it. understand, and you can, you can like and look at you, Nova and you're like, you're 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 good. But you don't know how to describe why they are good. because yeah, it, all the things that from a, but it's, from a but statistical physical standpoint, it's like why are you comfortable right now?
1: But it's Sadiq not, Bay. It's Bay after the game, saying, "Yeah, we uh, it was our road mentality," and he's just kind of smiling. Road attitude. Road attitude. Road attitude. And I said, "What's a road attitude?" That was a great exchange. And he just kind of smiles and and he's like, "I don't know if I can put it into words." Yeah, I know. And and it's Colin Gillespie being like, "This is this is what we do. This is the this is Villanova basketball. This is what we do. We go into hostile even smiled smiled." He smiled yeah,
0: when you asked him almost like you idiot, do you not realize we're Villanova? Like yeah. not to, like call you a idiot, I know. but like he was like, dude, that's Villanova, man. Like that was us. Like we were never out of we were never uncomfortable tonight. Like that was a Villanova basketball game for forty minutes. Like we want it uncomfortable, we want it rocky, we want it tough. Like, yeah. Like and, and we we, we wanna be we want it, we want it, we want it in the in crunch time where it's like we gotta make a play to win. Like we want the game within Possession or two, and we're going to make plays. And you know what else
1: they want? They want to take your heart. Yeah, they wanted to take this. The, the it's just, it's just it's like a soul crushing defeat. They right? wanted that. Yeah, they wanted to give Creighton fans like they would
0: take that over a thirty point win every single
1: day. No, like, doubt. These t- they would take that. They would take thirty these wins. on their faces yeah. as they're leaving the court. Like yeah. this is this is a perfect scenario where mm. we went into a hostile venue, they had a chance to win, but they couldn't take us down. Yeah, and everybody went home sad no i loved both those exchanges with you with
0: Gillespie yeah. and you with Bay because That's they crazy. like because they both just smiled and they were yeah. like dude this is like our game right here yeah. man this is, we, this is what we live for these these type of ugly like dogfight affairs like we are we are supremely yeah. comfortable in these right. situations like the the 30 point games the 30 point wins are boring these ones are like where we become this is where we show who we are right. so I, I think they just I, like the, that mono and mono that like get a chance to like show what's inside like all the guts and stuff like that like what you what you're what you're made of like that they buck up when it comes time to do that and i think that's just like a testament to like the foundation of who they are jay Wright and what he's built Um, and and it's kind of impressive to watch it like unfold right so it's interesting because it's what creighton's trying to work like fanboy not hard on villanova
1: right we kind (laughs) of are (laughs) but people are like dude chill yeah like shut up about (laughs) villanova but it but it's but it's what, uh, it's what Creighton's trying to work for, right? Yeah, or that, yeah. That's what they've tr- they're trying to create. Um, they spent the last year sort of trying to cultivate this toughness and, and, and grit. And now you've had two games in a row against teams that um, that their identities sort of been forged in these style of games, this style of play, for longer. But Butler wins grinders. It's always one grinders going over wins these types of games where it has to make plays down the stretch it's always done that Um, are you trying to to like are you trying to like
0: zero in on if there's like a if there's like a silver lining in the fact that
1: Creighton is a player two away maybe is that what you I'm wondering if if uh, if Creighton took the the necessary steps in the in in, that we thought they did okay so basically can they win this type of game? Yeah, the Because it it's a it's a it's a different yeah. you know, winning it winning those grinders in non conference is a little bit different than in Big East play. Well here's so, the here's the thing about that, like but, but then they've again, lost
0: these two to to arguably the two best teams at it, right? Yeah. yeah that, so, that's like, what I'm saying.
1: You know what I mean? Like so Who like, else who else can play this way this well than Villanova and Butler? Right. I don't think anybody. Do you? Maybe no. Seaton Hall.
0: Seton Hall could probably win a game like this. Yeah. So that'll be... that Maybe, a, like maybe that's Providence. Gonna, that'll, maybe Providence. Yeah, and Xavier did
1: twice last year against them. So, like, their yeah. next game will be a proving ground moment. That, that might be, a proving yeah. ground moment. Xavier because Xavier's not at the level of Nova or Butler. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the things that we saw the Jays do well in these types of slugfests earlier in the year, you know, it, it's kind of like... Are they going to affirm some of that stuff at, at Xavier, or is it going to be more the same of the last two games? Yep. Against okay, a team that's <coughs> just not quite at that same elite level that Nova and Butler are. Agreed. Um, should we get into questions? I think we've got
0: quite a few. Okay. I switched up my strategy of like waiting a minute or 20. And then just deciding to ask if people want questions. And then all the floodgates open. So. I'm
1: mean, gonna guess that nobody wants to hear about how good Villanova is.
0: Yeah, we took care of that. <laughs> Sorry everybody. It's just really it's it's crazy to watch them like do what they do. Nah, because you realize like, they've like, won that. national championships doing that, and that's like it it just is it's just really impressive. Yeah. Um, let's see. First one Uh, Robbie Lula wants to know how did Jay Wright bewitch the NCAA to allow Ryan Archie D'Akino to play an additional college career under an alias he's
1: um, like transported sure. into yeah. a new body And but it's uh, wild
0: too because they have another Archie Diakono on the team too like waiting yeah, in the ring right. yeah. so it's like it's going to happen again everybody's yeah, gonna be like ready. wait there's another one like yeah no this one's actually an Archie yeah. though, Like, so yeah it's going to I don't think they're done doing that yet <laughs> There's
1: always going to find us. It should be something the NCAA looks into. It, it kind of at some point unfair for sure. to the rest of the yeah Gillespie's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. He's
0: like yeah. I said, um, with our boy Fancy in the building. We got to give a shout out to Gillespie being the most improved player possibly, yes. the front runner for it. He, that's his that's his take for for the early going to conference play. Hard to argue at this point, especially after tonight. Right. Incredibly efficient. The it was like a silent assassin performance tonight. He's like always there to make a play when it, when Creighton feels like they're pulling away and they don't, and then then the plays on the stretch. Um, Yeah, here's one. This wasn't a question, but this was an observation from Katie Hider. He 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 originally phrased it. We get to blame McDermott for this one, and I I just asked him, um, like you know, just kind of for an elaboration, and he's like. Uh, felt like the game, like slowing down the offense in the last eight minutes of the game, uh, took Creighton out of their rhythm. And I, I don't know. And I, I, I said I wanted to rewatch it because I felt like Nova did that from the tip. But did you see? Maybe you did you see something in the it last eight feel, minutes? It that felt. It did feel like Creighton's
1: offense maybe. slowed down a little bit more. Okay, it felt like more walking the ball up, killing clock or, isolation. Yeah, okay. it felt. It, I agree with that. Okay, so so those, so a blame from a
0: schematic standpoint then.
1: Yeah. Did you feel like that was a, a
0: bad move on Creighton's part to yeah. kind of, like,
1: settle into Villanova's yeah. style and try to win it like that? You can't way. win it like that against okay. Villanova. Well, you can, I mean, I guess you can, but it's harder to do it that way. Sure. Like, sure, I mean,
0: Yeah, so, like, what's the calculation there? Do you feel like it's just like, well, we're in a one-on-one game as it is because Villanova's making one-on-one plays and attacking matchups. Do we have, enough, like, basically Creighton has talent? from a skill standpoint offensively to do that. Is that kind of like the gamble you feel like? Because I didn't, didn't, I didn't ask Mac. So I know. I, I really I know
1: wish him. I would ask him a couple different things after the game. But Jay, Wright did, Jay Wright did say uh, that you, you can take away – you
0: can put pressure on them on the perimeter, but they can make plays one-on-one at the same time. So, like, you just – you know, they put a lot of pressure on you from an offensive standpoint because of how talented they are, how skilled they are. So, like, there was an element to that being – a calculated gamble on Creighton's part. So you could argue that since it since they only scored seven points in the last eight minutes, that it was a miscalculation. But right. it was also one of the things that I don't know. Man, Jay
1: Wright said they're good at. So it felt like Nova took away every set play that Creighton tried to run. Yeah. Except for they got a Dakota late to Christian Bishop for a foul. I remember that. Yeah. But it every time, t- um, it felt like every time Creighton tried to run a set play, Villanova took it away. Mm-hmm. Like they were ready for all that. So, I mean, if you want to, if you want to point the finger at the coaching staff, Creighton's coaching staff, for not being creative enough to come up with new stuff. I guess you can do that, but I think you got to tip your cap to the Villanova side and yeah. also just the players recognizing what to do and reacting in the right way because Creighton hit some stuff against Butler, and Butler is one of the best defenses in the country. Creighton, a lot of what Creighton did offensively in the second half felt like it was drawn up on a... On a uh, Whiteboard in the huddle, and then they go out and do it. You know, Mm -hmm. like I thought, Creighton's coaching staff did a great job of trying to get the Jays going offensively in that game, but it just didn't kind of figure a way, uh, figure out how to figure these guys out. It felt like Creighton's sets just weren't one of it it was. It was all up to like, like you said, Jay Wright said you have to defend Creighton's sets, and then you have to defend Creighton's creativity and isolation. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to do both for the full possession. Mm -hmm. Villanova did the first part, and then at times Creighton found some things in isolation. But, like, if Creighton was going to win the game, it had to just make big-time plays in one-on-one settings, essentially. And it just wasn't... Which is kind of funny, because
0: both Villanova teams on the men's and women's side force you into those type of games. It's kind of, like, interesting that they, like, they're going to take away... The things that you do and make you be make you play one on one and find matchups and attack those. Uh,
1: I was impressed. You know, by I the think way. one of the things I was, that I, was, I thought
0: oh. Villanova did from a from an adjustment standpoint in the second half, like I felt like they did so much better job at keeping Marcus Zagorowski out of the teeth of the defense because I thought he really compromised the interior of their defense. Got, got Robinson Earl in foul trouble. Got Swider in foul trouble. Like just a f- probing, moving around, you know, going back and forth and like finding avenues to dump off to guys that are cutting and um, behind the defense. Like, I just thought their defense was, was really compromised in the first half because Marcus got everywhere he wanted to go. Um, and it was, like, a great counter punch on Creighton's yeah. part because of what Villanova was doing in the perimeter. But in yeah, the second
1: half, those opportunities weren't there. You know the other thing that was interesting, too, about just Villanova's length and the effect that it had? Um, Creighton, would, Creighton runs its ball screen action. You know, it's the top of the key. And its big man will set the screen and roll to the rim. Yeah. And then it'll have a shooter, maybe let's say it's you're on one side of the court and you got a shooter on the right side of the court. So that defender is always in a bind. That defender has to decide um as the as the big man's rolling to the rim, the defender has to decide, am I going to take the big man or am I going to take the shooter? Right. Because if I leave, if I leave the shooter, um, then that ball will just get past to the shooter, he gets a three. Or if I go down to the or if I stay with the shooter, then the big man might have a layup. But because Villanova was able to, uh, its bigs were able to either stick with the ball handler long enough as they were hedging those screens, or they they were just super long and in the passing lane. I felt like that extra defender, that that help side defender, could just stick with the three point shooter because Creighton couldn't pass the ball that, at like, actually, around those guys. I actually
0: talked to Mitch Balak about this after the game too, and he said, yeah, they were just like. They were tagging shooters no matter what, and they weren't ever leaving. So like they the what and, and Jay Wright mentioned it too. Like we had to give up something. We decided to give up the rim. Yeah. And we and we felt like if if we could, you know, if we could help him recover in time, um, we could maybe contest and force a
1: miss. Uh, but that was what, the only thing we were going to give them. It was, was just the rim, right? Like Creighton, it 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 would eventually get the ball to Biggs at times, but there are just so many situations where. I see that big man roll to the rim, and he's open. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, he's open. Pass yeah. it. But you can't get around the length. Right. Because the length uh, makes you whether, hesitate. Whether it's Samuels yeah. or uh, Robinson Earl um, helping to keep that ball stopped. Yep. Like, I thought that was a big key to the game, the mm-hmm. way that Villanova defended ball screens because it, it took away that action. Yeah. That, if that, you can bottle
0: up ball screen, the ball screen portion of Creighton's offense, you throw all the timing off. And you take away – t- it's just ability to, like, make your defense rotate. Yeah. Because you can reset then at that point, and then you're right back to square one with a point guard in front of you and everybody covered up on the perimeter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – yeah. So that's a long answer to Creighton's um, offensive change. So, but, like, so you know, that's I guess, credit
1: Villanova, though. Like, it's credit Villanova. I mean, you also got to – you look at, like, Creighton and, you know, what – what kind of countermeasures could it have done to right. find a way to better attack that? Yes, that's 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 if you want to look at the coaching staff. Um, but to me, it was like Villanova. That was a great plan, mm-hmm. and I don't know if there was an in-game solution to that plan. Right.
0: Um. Uh, Brian wants to know: Does this team have what it takes to get to the 316 I think they have the talent, but something mentally about them just makes me doubt it. They just seem incapable of getting over the hump. Uh, I'll enjoy the ride regardless of level's team. Uh, thanks for the question, Brian. So the question is, do they have what it takes to get to the Space team? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, if well, he always feels like every time you think they someone can't, they do. I like this was tournament is just weird that way. And if you're gonna do it, you probably have a higher chance of doing it with like, you know a guard oriented team, which Creighton is. So like, yeah. I don't know. Auburn made the Final Four last year and they didn't have any big men. Like, That's right. Like,
1: I don't know. It's just, the tournament's pretty good. And, and, I mean, if you look at Auburn's schedule, I, I guess I should probably look at it before I actually speak on this, but it felt like Auburn didn't. Had terrible matchups. Kentucky, North Carolina, like. Yeah. Where they got dramatically outsized and still won those games. Kansas, I think they blew it, the. It made they no destroyed sense. Kansas. And, and then the fact that Auburn, like, you know. Should have lost the first round game, or, yeah, or yeah. easily could have lost that first right. round game
0: to another team with a lot of size in New Mexico State. <laughs> um, yeah, like they played teams with size the whole way, but they managed to survive. Right, and arguably could have beaten Virginia, who won the national title,
1: also with size. Yeah. Like, I guess what I was going to say, is, but what I was going to say about that Auburn team, more than that, was just like I think Auburn went through that season losing to the better teams on its schedule. Like, if you're if you're looking at if you're asking, oh, it could Creighton be a Sweet 16 team? I think you have to say, well, to be a Sweet 16 team, you've got to be... I mean, say you're an 8-9, then you've got to be the 1, or you're a 7-10. That means you've got to be a 2, which means you got to beat a team like Villanova, Butler, Michigan, or San Diego State, right? They San haven't teams. been able to beat those sure. teams right. so far this year. Okay, um, But I feel like Auburn last year didn't either. I think they might have taken down Tennessee late in the year, um, which was obviously a, an impressive win, but like, I felt like Auburn... <laughs> Just found the magic. Sometimes that's what it is. Yeah. Sometimes you just I mean, find the right the right pieces. But you know So from I, th- I do think Creighton has uh has it would it would benefit from proving to itself that it can be one of those Before it gets to that point. Yeah, but yeah. one of those elite teams. So if you've lost, it, if you've... it'll have more chances. I mean it's gonna yeah. you got two more I mean games. This whole league I feel like <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of games like this. So if Right, but you got two more games against Villanova and Butler and then yeah. um I don't know if Seton Hall quite belongs in that category, but they're gonna play them twice and yeah. Arguably, they
0: may and likely at full strength too, the way the schedule sets up. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so, <laughs> yeah, they could be as we sixteen seen. Yeah, right, but they yeah, also, yes, they could kind of lose their first round game. It's I think, awesome. yeah. Do they have what I it takes? Said. Yes,
0: I think they do. Just because you know they can hit threes, they have guards that are really talented, and uh, yeah, yeah. Just so all like, about the ball, way the ball, way the breaks. We Auburn, parties.
1: Auburn lost to Duke, lost to Kentucky twice, lost to LSU. Um, and then at the end of the year, beat Tennessee in the last game of the regular season. Beat Tennessee in the SEC tournament, won it, and then it was like rolling from there. Gotcha. So I don't like if you if you would ask an Auburn. Fan or, or someone who followed Auburn on February 20th or fe- after February 23rd after they lose to Kentucky 80 to 53 on the road yeah are you going to make the Sweet 16 and be like heck no right <laughs> we don't belong in the same court with the elite and then all of a sudden they find their group. so that yeah. it's tough to answer that question in January for sure
0: um let's see oh this is also from Brian he wants to know why can't our offense click when our defense plays well enough to win. Yeah, well, that's been the that's been honestly that's been the bugaboo of the last two. But if you go back to the Marquette game, the defense was defense played well enough to win, and the offense got to the rim at will and converted. Like that was basically the difference. Like
1: the offense and defense were clicking against Marquette. Yes, it was a complete forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that's
0: I mean, I don't know. Go back and re- go back and watch the Marquette game and enjoy it. I guess because that's what it looks like. Forty minutes of um, that's how you can put it on a team. I guess when Creighton is clicking for on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Um, So why can't... I mean, they can. They just did the last two, for sure.
1: Yeah. I do think that there is a question of whether or not Creighton can play at the pace that it wants and then also defend with the amount of tenacity and sort of ruthlessness that it wants to as well. Yeah. Um,
0: See, my pushback on that is, like... And I'm not begrudging you the point. My point is... I, I think my thing is, like... I think Creighton gets super comfortable when when they are, like, locked in defensively and they're playing at their pace offensively. I don't think they get tired doing that. I think they mm. get, like... I think They they, d- almost, th-
1: they almost get energized Yeah,
0: by it. I just think that's, like, who they are. And they're, like, they are they're most... Com- like, you know how Villanova's
1: comfortable? Like, we didn't think they got tired against Marquette. No. Like, we thought I mean, yeah. they could have played for 20 more minutes right. and still... Like, look, at, look at the
0: performance the the that Tyshawn had on both ends of the floor that night. Yeah. Like, nothing... He didn't seem worn down to me. He seemed like, you know... Like that was an incredible two-way performance. Like, yeah. and I, I just think when Creighton can play at that pace um, and do those things defensively and be locked in and sound from a scouting report standpoint, that's just like that's like nirvana for them. They just yeah,
1: it, they, it fuel, they love it. That. Fuels
0: them. Yeah, yeah, they can play that way. They can they can do that for forty minutes if they can get it going. Right. Um, uh, Joey Temple wants to know: Did Nova? Did nova out scheme our backcourt are we or or are they wearing down from excessive minutes uh i mean i didn't feel like tonight anybody wore down cuz the game Man, was like, it was, like so a, it was a you know walk it up the floor low position ish game They'll like they seem
1: to have like an extra um Gear, but I don't know if that was that's, like that's,
0: that's that championship. Game yeah, though. I think like, that was more like mentality. Yeah, thing. exactly. Like it showed yeah. up on just like
1: yeah. subtle in subtle ways. I didn't subtle feel like was. I didn't feel like
0: fatigue was a thing No, I, didn't I just thought Villanova was like, all right, it's time to knock the team out now. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's like that's like the Rocky in the 15th round against Creed. It's like time to put the fight away. So that's yeah. I don't think anybody wore down. Um, did well? Did, did Nova out-scheme the backcourt?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's a pretty strong it.
0: argument for that because the, yeah. what they did on the perimeter to those, to those
1: three lights-out shooters, that was, when, I don't know if we'll see a better defensive performance than Tyshawn Alexander got blocked on a three early in the game. Yep. And I was like, oh, man, they and are, not, they are taking no space. But, yeah, the, like, the, their closeouts were so strong mm-hmm. on those three. Like I was like, man, they are taking this seriously. Like They are not allowing these two to, to get any looks from three at halftime. Segarowski and Balak did not attempt a three. Tyshawn had two two tries he missed them both like that's as good of a sort of follow the scouting report um execution type deal from a team against creighton that i've ever that i've seen this year yeah for sure Um, because everyone goes into the game saying we can't let those guys shoot threes and guess what they still shoot threes and a lot of times they make a lot of them but in this game particularly in the first half and i do wonder if like because um those looks were hard to come by that when they got them in the second half because they got a few like tyson had one in op- open in transition um i thought mitch had one he obviously hit that one late but i thought he had another one and i know marcus had uh one in transition and, and another one in the corner like did they rush it you know mm-hmm. you remember that there was one was the one in the corner the one where he like marcus caught it and hesitated, then hesitated it, yep. and then shot it yeah. and it was like it's almost like he knew. In what, another game, yeah. that shot's going up right away. immediately, And yeah. so. He missed it before he shot it, mm-hmm. like you could tell. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I wonder how much that played into it, too. So, like, because Villanova set the tone in the first half of the way it was defending and closing out, like, it was in their heads a little bit. For sure. Um, Bleeds Blue wants to know,
0: with so many Big East teams having the same color schemes as the home team, let the visiting team know if they plan on wearing alternate uniforms so they both don't end up in baby blue. Um, there is some know. coordination to that. Yeah, I think home team dictates, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, would yeah. can we wear this? No. What Yeah. Yes, confirmed. Yes. Okay, confirmed from Big East Insider John Fanta. Thank you.
1: Um, yeah. So, uh, I know it kind of stinks that all the t- I I do kind of feel like we need some different colors, and that UConn's coming in.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean, once. like, <laughs>
1: yeah. We. I think we. Oh, you sound really frustrated. I right? do though. It it's, and, like the Big Ten's really red. So should we do like a, re, a, things, a like revamp the uniforms across the board? Or like, yeah, just... I think every, I think everyone needs a third kit, like okay. in the Premier League, where uh, you have a, an extra and it's and it's wild. It's so, just what, wacky. It doesn't make any sense. But like we gotta have we gotta have different colors. It makes it so much more fun. Like all of a sudden, when I see, um, I, I find that like. like I don't know what the impact is. It's right. something. It's something it's weird, but so when here's, I see, like, a different color scheme... Here's my
0: question one. to you. Like, the Blue Demons have an alternate red. Yeah. Do you dare put the Blue
1: Jays in an alternate red? Well, no, you can't do red. Okay, I, I, I didn't know where you
0: were going. No, no, I, 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 you I was following you until you... If you said yes, I was going to be like, I'm backing away now. Like, okay. okay. this is where you... No, you can't... You there are the some lines <laughs> that can't be crossed, okay?
1: Can't be crossed, what's so let's go down the line, then. What's Butler, Butler's alternate color? Well, it, it can be anything, man. It can be just, like, it can be a, a green. It can be a, a combination of... You know, Butler feels like a like uh, like a like a jungle
0: jungle green to me, alternate color. Sure. Because it's got to be... Can somebody... Because they're, they're, like, a hard team to watch just to, from a style of play standpoint, so it has to be, like, a poor aesthetic. Maybe St. John's can do camo, because they're, like... St. John's can't... Okay. I don't know. Can't, I can not really understand why I said that, but... But then you can't... I was, uh, yeah, that's... I feel like we're just, Now you're just jumping into a jungle green. <laughs> oh, that's and true. Thing, and now you're putting everybody in jungle green all Damn, through this. Yeah, might <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, let's... Uh, I'm going to go with... but we'll, we'll, we'll each to choose one. I'm going to go Butler with a jungle green.
1: Uh, let's go in alphabetical order. Creighton? I think... I think maybe I uh, I don't know. It feels like Creighton needs, like... Because Creighton wants a run and gun... Push tempo, um, move the ball like uh, the speed of an Oregon offense. Oh, So you're going with like highlighter? Uh, maybe highlighter yellow, highlighter, highlighter green.
0: Yellow. All right. Okay. I'm with you. Highlighter green? Yeah. Okay. So like a neon. Yeah, neon Baylor-ish, yellow or something. Neon. Yeah, baylor Yeah. yeah. It'd be hard on the eyes. Bring but back like, the hey, nightmares of everybody. we got to do right. something different, man. Okay. Different. Uh DePaul's easy. They already have an ultimate red, so that's easy. Okay. Um, Georgetown? Europe?
1: Ooh. Could they just do black? Do they have blacks? They probably do. I don't think they. I don't
0: think they do. So yes. black?
1: They do have a black. Yeah.
0: What? The baby blues I don't like. Yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's not even baby blue. It's teal. It's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. What about a baby
1: blue? Could they do the uh, baby blue for them? Maybe. Okay. Crane has a baby blue, but we got to get away from blue. That's yeah. the problem. Because everyone is Marquette's.
0: Marquette's an easy one. Yeah, get away from blue. So pick a color that's not teal or blue. <laughs> right. Because teal, teal is their all alternate. Like purple. Can they go for All right, purple? Georgetown purple. So Georgetown gets purple. Marquette has an ugly alternate black, but it is an alternate, so that that's they can stay with that, I guess. Sure. Okay.
1: Or um, or they have a yellow too, right?
0: Yeah. And go with that. Yeah, they have a, they have yellow, blue, and black. Yeah. Um. And they have an navy blue too. Yeah, but they can't. That's the thing. We there's too much. Marquette's blue. fine. They have too many alternates. They're good. <laughs> They're fine. We don't need to fix them. They're they're broken to beyond a point of repair. Uh, Providence, who I feel like has the worst uniforms in the league, so like they're just dull to a point. John Fanta says dull. Gold. Now you've got now you've got multiple gold teams though,
1: and Marquette's always in gold. Gold is always part of their color scheme. But there, but at least there's not like seven other gold teams. Like there's blue. The whole league is blue, except for I guess except for St. John's. St. John's is good. Um, they don't have. To, we don't have to change them. They're good.
0: South orange
1: for South Orange. <laughs> South right. Orange for. I mean, the see, that's, it, that's that's a that's He's a all grad, good. so he gets to choose seat in all. So if he, orange, orange. if he wants
0: orange, he wants orange. I feel like he has the pulse yeah. of Pirate Nation on there. Like South he orange gets to orange. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't. Providence.
1: Uh, I mean. <laughs> what if? What if? Like, whoever wins the first matchup gets to choose what what color the other team wears in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So okay. So what's UConn's alternate
0: going to be? Not pink. You're going to come in and you're going to tell them like, listen, UConn. Actually, we yeah. know you're the big dog and everything. You have got the most like and and whatnot, But we're John telling just you- said, John just said pink. Maybe that's what Creighton should roll with. They should take those pink. Okay, and the pink out. But don't you like? Theme don't take do it on the road? road. Do, but do you do you value that then like cause it's oh one yeah you might do yeah, that it's, it's, yeah. it's got that one game yeah. you know what I mean we can put UConn work. in pink it, and it's yeah they it's just cool. can't wear pink on the pink out game cause that's right. too confusing
1: I don't know um, I, I do kind of wish that we yeah and and if I if we could go back in time and change some things I'd change color schemes it's weird but like you life. turn on the Big Ten and you see red versus red and you're just like who's playing <laughs> yeah, this is the same team. What's going on here?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm sure. The, I'm sure everybody listening will have suggestions. So maybe we're missing something. But yeah, I think we've got. I think we're off to a good start so far <laughs> in terms of changing the aesthetic of the we'll league. Call, yeah, we'll call Val. Um, let me see. David Mills wants to know uh,
1: if Gillespie came out of the game at all. Yes. Briefly. Yeah. Right before media timeout in the first half.
0: Tyshawn is the guy I think was the only one who didn't get any rest. Am I mistaken on that? I don't think he came out at all. I think he, he played 40.
1: Yes, he did.
0: Yeah, he didn't get a single break. So, yeah, Tyshawn played 40, Mitch 39, Marcus 38, which is weird because I thought Mitch and Marcus both rested the same amount of time. Did, did Marcus rest twice? Um, did Marcus I, get two subs? I
1: think I think Sharif so, came, sure came in twice, yeah.
0: Okay. Came in twice and played three minutes. That's quite a rotation. Um, I think so. Okay, I got a question, a topic. Uh, because Mac brought it up himself after the Butler game. Does, does Sharif need a longer leash? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think seven minutes the last two games, right? Right. That's I mean, and I I just think he can do things, even though he's not,
1: it's even like, though he's
0: not, like, you know, Ready yet, if you it, if you know what I mean, to like from to be out there for too long. Like, yeah. He
1: but, does things from an energy standpoint that can so Creighton, uplift. A, Creighton can handle itself when it relies. Let's see. It essentially had a six man rotation today. Yeah. And that's fine. Nova basically was five man rotation. Right, yeah, no, for sure. But I mean they didn't use cosmic country until they you had kind to of, you it. kind of like blunt your um the impact of your pace when you don't go deep into your bench. Right. Like, if Creighton's able to rotate a little bit more, and it's hard because, like, taking Tyshawn, Mitch, or Marcus off the floor, it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to sit those guys for too long. But when they're fresher, then the pace has more of an impact. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. because Creighton is built on pace. Villanova's not built on pace, so it's fine kind of – playing its core guys in a game like this but if Creighton wants to speed the game up it needs to have fresh bodies so it can continually put the pressure on its opponent to kind of like force pace mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I do. <coughs> I'm with you so I yeah I, I that's why I think I'm sure you've got to stand to get more right. minutes and and I mean, might i mean, playing with fire there because he's a freshman. And, for sure, but and he's got fi- are, he's, he's got
0: five fouls and a lot of tenacity. Like, yeah. you know, he's going You can just tell, send him out there, let him gamble a few times, and he'll get a
1: few, and he'll
0: probably foul a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But that's kind of like they had a lot of fouls
1: to give in the second half. Should did. we talk about that? Yeah, right at the end of the game. Yeah, they
0: they got caught with two team fouls. left. seconds left. Well, what do
1: you think though? Did you think that Creighton should have fouled uh, with forty seconds left in the game? Down oh, three instead of playing the possession out. Instead of playing the possession out. Yeah. I saw someone mention too, and maybe this is a question, um, that maybe Creighton should have taken a foul so that he got a, could have got Christian Bishop back in the game uh, mm-hmm. for that final possession where Nova ended up shooting a three and uh getting an offensive board. Yep. Against Creighton's small ball lineup. Yeah, I hadn't
0: considered fouling at that point, but I didn't I also didn't know that I also didn't re- remember in my mind that they were only at two team fouls because I felt like one one possession game, yeah, play that out, get a stop. And they did get a stop. I thought in the the moment
1: that, you know, down or having only two team fouls down three with 40 seconds left, you might as well just play it out because extending the game means that you're not going to, like, you're basically sort of resigning to the fact that you're going to put Villanova on the line if you start fouling, whereas – which means that you're going to be down five because
0: you, you essentially make that a last possession game. Yeah. if you foul at that point, right? Right. If you start fouling, complete it to the point where you're only going right. to have a heave. is a good
1: free throw shooting team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. They're yeah, not going to turn, gonna turn it over. No. So playing it out kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and
0: honestly, knowing where the rebound went to, I'm going to still say no because that was a like a long carom off of a contested three, like Robinson Earl. Just it went to him. You know what I mean? Like it was on. It was a baseline rebound. Like that's a weird spot for it to go to. Um, I didn't feel like the blockout was bad. I just felt like you went there wasn't enough it. height to get it. You yeah, know what I mean, like Robinsons out jumped. But maybe detail. Christian should have been in the game. Agreed. But if, if wa- you do that, then I then we go back into the Then we fall into the scenario of like Villanova having enough time to bleed the clock all the way down and not give Creighton a high percentage chance to right to to do anything at that point. It might be a two possession game. I wonder your- you run a high risk there of Villanova scoring late in the clock at the
1: you know, and you have a two you have five seconds with two possessions. Now, I know that Creighton – I'm pretty sure that – now, you you can – the fans probably – I haven't rewatched the game, so I think my memory is telling me that Creighton ran that play at – Creighton's down three
0: mm-hmm.
1: with uh, whatever it was, two minutes left, and it runs a play – that we talked about where the action was good and Christian dished to a cutting with, did he dish to a cutting Denzel or a cutting Damian? I Jefferson? can't remember if it was Damian or Denzel. I think it might've been Damian. Yeah, Cause I, I so thought, it. I remember Creighton subbed Denzel into the game for Christian. For, for Christian after that. It was like the Jays had the ball out of bounds and they decided that they were going to sub Denzel in for an ISO play on an out of bounds play. Mm. And that's when he got blocked.
0: Yep. Denzel
1: took it to the rim and got blocked. And then Denzel was in the game. They, the, the Jays were going small. They forced a shot clock violation right. with that small ball lineup. So I'm guessing that the coaching staff felt comfortable with that small like ball that, lineup. That small ball
0: lineup. keep everything in front of them and force a tough,
1: you tough know, they shot. You could switch everything, um, and you can force a tough shot. And they did force a tough shot. They just didn't get the rebound. So yeah, right, that would be my guess. And I wish I would ask Coach McDermott about this. I apologize that I didn't after it, but. Um, that would be my guess is that the Jays had just given up four straight buckets with Christian on the four. No offense to Christian, but they, that's what they – coaches, you got to make your decision in the moment. You just yeah. give up four straight buckets. You go small. You get a stop with your small lineup. Let's stick with our small lineup because we just got a stop. I think that's the theory. Right. I agree. Um –
0: Uh, This is from Maze. Uh, Wants to know, or wants us to please address Creighton's inability to win close games. I really feel this is the main force that is stopping Creighton from moving up to the next level. I mean... This is always a weird rabbit hole to go down because, like, what is a close game? Because I felt like they've won. I
1: thought they were 3-0.
0: Yeah, like, I felt like they beat Texas Tech, Louisiana Tech, Oklahoma,
1: Arizona State. Oh, I didn't count Oklahoma as a close game. Oh, you didn't?
0: What was that one? That was 58-56, wasn't it? With, like, how much left? When was it 58-56? Hold on, I'll pull it up
1: here. I got it, I got it. Um, it was 58-50. 11-41. 50, uh, yeah, eleven forty one. 41 I guess, maybe. Yeah, it wasn't, I didn't count that one. Okay. It, was, it was a 14-point game with four minutes left. Okay. But Arizona State counts. Yeah, Arizona, Arizona State. made that big-time three. Texas Tech obviously Texas counts. Texas Tech was overtime. overtime. Louisiana and Louisiana uh, Tech. counts Louisiana with a two-point game. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought they were 3-0. Yeah. Right. So they're 3-1 now in close games. That's a pretty good record.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... Yeah, so, I mean,
0: I don't know. Does that keep them from moving to the next level? I mean, yeah, it is. If, well, last year, if last it year it definitely did.
1: Definitely did. I mean, yeah. last year it kept them out of the NCAA tournament.
0: Right. But, yeah, I thought they – I feel like they've already turned that corner, and this was just a game where they ran into the team I mean, you're not going to be undefeated
1: in close games, so. Yeah, they ran
0: into the team that's a Hall of Fame good in these in these kind of games. So, like, you just yeah. – they just – you got to – sometimes you got to credit the opponent, guys. Like, I know it's – I know it's like – the tendency to always look internal and and find out like who's you know try to divvy out you know a responsibility percentage to you know this Creighton player or that Creighton coach, but it's like sometimes you gotta like, damn Villanova. That's what I was thinking. Good job, man. That's what I thought after. That's what that first thirty minutes of this podcast sounded <laughs> <laughs> like. That's what, honestly, like when I was watching Villanova do it, I'm like. They're in control down ten right now for some reason. I don't know why, but they're down ten and they're in control of this yeah. game. Yep. And then sure is sure enough, eight minutes later they're up they're up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. felt like that was inevitable. Yep. You know what I mean? Sorry for Villanova the Fanboy again. My bad. Um, Nate Thomas wants to know biggest issue down the stretch in games like the the past two. Okay. Uh, shooting, defense, coaching. So do we have to rank the three? Is that what that question is asking? Shooting, defense, coaching. So what's the oh what's the, so what's well, the defense, biggest issue out of those defense three? Defense wasn't
1: the issue. Shooting was a fucking really big issue. The shooting was an issue? If you look at the percentages. Yeah, I mean, I don't... <laughs> it's amazing well, was I, wasn't Creighton against Butler in the final? I, I well, can, if you
0: think about Creighton, Butler It was fifty-four fifty. 50 They go to the line for front end.
1: For no, one no, one, no. They missed I heard McDermott say that after the game. That was inaccurate. They didn't miss a front end down 54-15.
0: Yeah, they did. Marcus missed
1: out a timeout. I know, but it wasn't. They were down six at that point or something like that. I remember when Marcus what? did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Are you sure? 100% sure. I
0: thought it was miss front end, Ball went bang, contested three. Yeah,
1: but the score wasn't that. Um, let oh, me really? pull it up.
0: Well, then I, my perception of that game
1: totally changed. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. Uh, Craig was only ha, only had the ball down four one time, and it was when Denzel Mahoney drove oh, to the okay. rim the and got front- denied. Where was the missed front end? Um, I got to pull up my... Okay, here it is. Um, the missed front end was with it 45 Oh. And so he could have cut it to three at the time with, mm. a, with two free throws. He, he missed the front end and then and Baldwin hit a, a jumper, forty-seven forty, stretch it out a little bit. So where was Baldwin's big
0: three at? Baldwin's, Baldwin's big, big three. three was
1: after Denzel Mahoney's missed layup. Oh, okay, gotcha. He got blocked. Yeah. And then Baldwin hit a 3 at the end of the shot clock to put it back up to 7. Yeah, I was, the, all, I was all backwards on that one. Yeah. But the, well, Coach McDermott mentioned that after the game, too. And, I, I, and Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not blaming him for that one because I thought that was I thought was, I thought the same thing going oh, okay. in. Yeah, like, well, uh, I wasn't blaming him either. I was no, just saying. Okay. Yeah. And then the Jays cut it to 54-50. Um, but... Like six, it, yeah, but I think they went... Butler scored the next six minutes.
0: Why did I feel like they went into the under eight with 54-50? Did they not do that?
1: Um, That was like six minutes left. The under eight was... uh when was the under eight? The under eight was 50... 348. 348. Oh, wow, okay. Holy crap, I need to watch that game again. Um. So, yeah, I would say, like, shooting, coaching, defense, if you had to rank them.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't even think I would blame the defense in any of these Yeah, I don't even know the at defense. At all, like, fit. the defense
0: was... Defense was the reason those games D- were, were even games at the end. D- yeah. I don't think you can play the D at yeah. all.
1: So, yeah. Defense off the list. It really just like shot making. I mean, like, Butler and Nova made some tough shots.
0: Yeah. Well, it's crazy. It's kind of wild. It's, it's, it's kind of wild, kind of wild like, that ball, like, ball, Yeah.
1: On both sides, they had tough. Like, Butler's, Kamar Baldwin's shots down the stretch were tough. Yes. He made them. Bill Nova's shots today that it hit. Down the stretch. We're I mean, tough. Sadiq Bey's go ahead three. Yeah, it was like f- like Tyshawn was in his jersey. Yeah. Same thing with Baldwin's three. Like I think there were three guys guarding uh, uh, Gillespie. Gillespie is, on his Yes, three. there were. And uh, it was ball screen. I was like, Wait, how did, I One ball screen got, how did got cut off. off and then rim? the, yeah, I, don't I know. It was like know. when he let it go, I was like, can you even see the rim? I know. Um, they hit tough shots and Crane couldn't hit tough shots. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I totally. It was kind of, It's kind of funny how backwards it was though, because uh, Creighton couldn't hit enough shots to get over the hump against Butler, and they couldn't hit enough shots tonight to put Villanova away. It was yeah, like a
1: different, but it was kind of the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. Different score, to it, like, but, but same, it was yeah different same from different deal. from different ends yeah. of the spectrum. They
0: can. Yeah. Um, Jake Plazek wants to know: Will Creighton ever not be mediocre? Is Creighton mediocre?
1: What's no, mediocre? I think mediocre. Is how like many
0: two. teams are in Division One basketball? Three fifty-three. So by definition mediocre is what my like
1: hundred I mean, you're 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 not mediocre when you're in a power conference essentially, right? right yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, few right. mediocre teams and that are associated with power conferences. Yeah. If you look at the scope of the, the Division 1. Now, if you want to judge mediocre based on like just power oh, conference s- teams, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like or just like oh, Okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not including the bottom feeders of D1. Mhm. Um so I guess you could make that argument. But I mean, I, Creighton, th- I so think Creighton's Creighton feels mean, like it's above mediocre. Yeah, I don't think Creighton's metrics this year
0: tell you they're a mediocre team. Right yeah. Now. No, if they go on a if this losing streak gets bigger, maybe. Yeah. Right. But we'll see. When, Will they ever not be mediocre? I mean, history tells you, yeah. Like just because they have resources, facilities,
1: go, a good like system. They, I don't feel talent. Like they've been mediocre over the last five either. years. Yeah. So, but then again, they've made. Two NCAA tournaments and... Or, well, I guess three. Five years. 16, 17, No, 17, two NCAA tournaments. last five okay. years. Two NCAA tournaments, zero wins in the NCAA tournament. Um, finished third in the Big East three times. Uh, played for a Big East Is tournament sea- title. I don't know. Is Seton Hall mediocre? Because I feel like they're Seton Hall. I mean... They're middle of the pack of power conference. I don't know if that if if that feels me, That's what Creighton's been the last five years. Middle yeah. of the pack of power conference, uh, but you know, not having the postseason success, maybe that drops them down a peg or two. Mm. But if that's what we, if that's mediocre to you, then I don't know. I mean, I to would, me, it's, it's not. But I but some people might consider it to be. Okay. I don't think it is. Yeah. So disagree with
0: premise on that one. Strike.
1: Uh, but some people might counter.
0: Yeah, that's fair. They can think what they want. They they can make their own podcast.
1: Um, Let's see. But that's the be like, we don't have to tell you what you want. You can think what you want to think, and we'll give you our perspective, but it doesn't have to be yours. Uh,
0: you kind of addressed this one. This is from Patrick Marshall.
1: Uh, With Bishop
0: having a great game, did it make sense to suddenly take him out the final couple minutes of yeah, the game? Yeah, that's why I saw yeah, it. That you, it was uh, Patrick's yeah. tweet, yeah. yeah. So you addressed that one pretty well, I think, from a, yeah, from a, what it. Creighton got out of the small lineup at the end. So, um, We got a question, another question. Dan Martin wants to know, Epperson's status out indefinitely. Um, Probably for the year, but... Most likely for the year. I'd be shocked. Uh, John Doug Welsh wants to know why does this happen to Creighton I'm sick of it so what's he talking about here probably, losing, probably losing 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 um, losing a game you're in you feel like you're I don't, again, I don't feel like they were in control I don't feel like they were in control so I'm going to disagree maybe, with that maybe, premise if you felt like
1: this was in hand for Creighton maybe Creighton's fans thought that, that when you have a lead you should okay. You should win no matter who you're playing all right, so let's just let's just, so wise, let's let's, let's say Creighton, that's what he said. Why is Creighton yeah. lost? Leads. Yeah, why does this happen to Creighton? I
0: mean, it, I don't think it's exclusive to Creighton for one. No. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm 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 walking out of this arena tonight going, hat tip Villanova. I just am. I felt like it was incredible that they played in this
1: environment because I thought the crowd was electric. Um, yeah, I, I, thought, I, I, I thought, and I thought, and I thought, we did this. There was a moment when Creighton nearly forced the shot clock violation and the buzzer went off and you could barely hear it
0: yeah i didn't hear You've the buzzer
1: heard? you didn't uh-uh yeah
0: because i was like i i didn't hear it until like it like was ending i was like oh yeah. the buzzer's going off i didn't yeah. even realize Cause I, was, I thought justin Moore was shooting a terrible shot i was like why is he shooting that and then it's like and then like three seconds later it's like yeah. i was like oh the buzzer went off that's
1: right. why he shot it no it was, that was uh yeah so the I, environment was crazy and, and And Nova found a way. So, like, yeah, for them to be, for them to do it in that environment,
0: um, they're the gold standard, man. With trailing the whole time, with not being, not hitting shots, like, it's it's crazy how they just stayed around and just like, you know, punched their way into the fight enough to, like, have a chance in the final round, and they got the like. It it reminded me of Rocky too. Like they were just getting, it felt like you know. Creighton was doing enough to keep the lead, but Villanova was not going away. And then it was time to win the fight, and they won. Like that's, it was just like time to, to go to a different level, use you know all that championship experience that they have. Um,
1: it's, guess, it's just I hard. To, it's just hard to simulate the point I, that what I, that generally takes. I think the point that we've you, you and I kind of feel like we were settling on is like few teams would have beaten Creighton tonight. Yeah. Especially, yeah. It might only be one
0: team in the league that would have one. Won. I'm only saying one. Okay. I, I, as as good as Butler is in these types of games, I don't think they win this one. With yeah, are trailing the whole way, like, yeah. I, you know, they can go they can go sideways mentally too. Like, the, you know, yeah. Like, no, no. Villanova is the only team that can win a game like this. Maybe in the country, <laughs> like maybe. seriously, maybe. So yeah, like no, I'm I'm. I'm writing about Villanova. I'm talking, I'm talking up Villanova on this podcast. Like I'm giving a lot of credit to the Villanova tonight. I know it's like, I know it feels like a same old story for Creighton in terms of having a game that you should win that you didn't. And I know that all like people want that to fall on Greg McDermott's shoulders and um, and whatnot. But like, I just I'm not. That's not the way I saw this game tonight.
1: It is another reminder that like Creighton still has way. And McDermott said it after the game. It's like. He, he said something like, you know, we got – there's little things that we got to do. We're close, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. We got. There's some little things that we got to be better at. And it's like those are the little things that Villanova's great at. Just like all the subtle ways that you win, Villanova does all of that. All, uh, and Naturally. Yeah, and in a game like this, it really shows up. So, yeah, yeah Creighton has some work to do. I think that's what this game – that's that's the uh, the takeaway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not like I think a lot of people will come away with and say like Creighton gave it away, but in my mind, the way it played out, it's like it was never Creighton's to give. Like it was yeah. Villanova's game.
0: I to- yeah, to- that's what I mean. Yeah, like I, f- I felt like Creighton was being. Was almost being like sure. Was almost being gifted. Lead. Was almost being gifted a lead because yeah. it like wasn't there. It wasn't the way that they would script it, and they they had it, and it was like, uh, you me, better you better turn into you in a minute because Villanova's fine with this, and they're gonna exactly. take it from you when it's time. To right. Take it from you, and they did. I'm I'm giving also, credit to Villanova.
1: Also, J. Wright used timeouts very well, dude. In the, the second it, half, timeout that he used 50, at fifteen thirty three. Right, yeah.
0: Right before, because it was before the out. under sixteen stoppage, so he got two stoppages with one play happening.
1: Yeah, killed the momentum of the crowd. What was the score at that time? I don't know. It was, wasn't it right after Damian Jefferson's like fast break layup? I feel yeah, I think where you're he, right. He caught it like, wild. I mean, what an amazing catch by DJ to like pull it in and then yeah. be able to like yeah,
0: that made it four. That was after Villanova had cut it to like two, and then Creighton went on an eight, eight to two, two run. Yeah, Ca- and that was like that capital uh, that like capped it off. Christian had a big block. Yeah, Christian had the big block uh, right before it. So, like, the crowd was, like, at a fever pitch. Jay Wright calls a timeout before the under-16, um, a full timeout. All that time goes by. One play goes by, there's a stoppage. Then yeah. the under sixteen. It just happens. worked like, out that perfectly was brilliant. for brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. I think in his head he was probably just like, okay, we got to stop Creighton's momentum here. Mm-hmm. But it just worked out to where there's also another stoppage right after that. And, yeah, it did drain the energy from the building. Right for that little stretch there and for then sure. it had to like get, ratchet it back up but yeah. another right. sort of moment where Villanova didn't let the game get away from it yeah which is kind of what Villanova does yeah we are at an hour 12 on a
0: loss that's a rare thing uh I appreciate the questions though I feel like we got a new strategy for questions it's just like wait a minute let them simmer and then throw some red meat at them and they all like come at you that was a
1: pretty good strategy we'll try that well and thing. people are usually pretty fired up over the loss too yeah Rightfully um, so. I mean, I know no, we, that, like, yeah, from yeah. a Creighton fan standpoint, like, it's really frustrating to watch that, especially when, um, you know, the Jays, like, last year, there were so many games where the Jays were seemingly in control or in position to win and just weren't able to do it. And I think, but I do, like, remember that this team did win games this year, these, like, tight, closely contested games. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... This game didn't go its way. Butler, maybe the Jays were a couple plays away from turning the tide in that one. Yeah. So it stinks to be this close and lose, but it's also sort of like a reality check. Like, this is who Creighton is right now, and the Jays have to get better.
0: Yeah. I mean, guys, like, I don't know. Zoom out for a minute and look at the Big East because, like, I just – I'm not, like – I'm not even near panic button for Creighton. Like, look at – I mean, Saint John's went one for sixteen at Xavier and was in that game the entire time. Uh, You know, they they were like a a, you know a play or two down the stretch away from beating the Butler team that no one has been able to figure out how to beat yet. Like Villanova got rolled at Marquette, then Providence walked in there and beat Marquette in Milwaukee tonight, despite Marcus Howard going for forty. Like, and that's a Providence team that was absolutely dog crap in the non-con. They're three and zero right now in league play. Like this league is a Georgetown. Who was, was looked killing. like they were on a roll? Yeah. Now they can't defend anything. It's like in they haven't been competitive in a minute. Yeah. Big East play yet? Like this this league is weird right now. And like there's a lot of teams that are pretty close to each other. Um, that if you think you've got it figured out at this moment in terms of how it's going to shake out, I think it's going to look a lot different by the time it does. So like, just you know, strap your seatbelt in because it's going to be crazy. Yeah, you know. Uh, the one thing that, that I you'd... still feel like Creighton's an NBA tournament team. I don't think that changed tonight. No, I not. just feel like they lost a home game. and Now they got to go steal one that you don't think they're going to win on the road to get it back. Like that's basically the 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 spot they're in right now. They got to yeah. go beat somebody you didn't think they were going to beat on the road. That's yeah. what they have to do. Maybe it'll come this in the next one against Xavier. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, we've seen teams get off to these starts in league play and and rally to make the tournament. Still, you know okay. what I mean. So it's not like it's out of the question. So.
1: I have Creighton at one and two to start the year in Biggie's play. By the way, I just had him losing to Marquette and Butler and beaten. And beating Illinois. okay. So yeah, so it's All right, right where I thought they'd be. So your predictions have been wrong every game. Is what you're saying? Is that no? I had I had them losing to v- Butler and they lost to Butler. Oh, okay. so I'm right. one and two. It's one and two, just like Creighton. So yeah, there you yeah. go. All right. Are you mediocre? Yes, I am. No <laughs> doubt.
0: Come on now. All right, uh, let's pump some stuff. Um, yeah, so the men are going to be on the road the next two and they're actually going to stay out on the road so right they're going to be gone for yeah. a few days um, but the women are at home against Providence this weekend in their one game uh, with their travel partner and if you haven't seen Jalen Agnew yet this year you only got seven more chances to do it so get out to DJ Quarter Arena A kid is having a special senior year and you gotta check her out uh, but let's pump some stuff John what you got on tap for people Are you want me to go first
1: I mean it's uh, the same old same old with like that doesn't sound try, very exciting. Try again. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna assess gonna this, this. Rewatch this game tomorrow yeah. and uh, try to sort of paint a picture forward or a path forward for mm-hmm. what I think the Jays can do. Let me ask you a question because I like the. But I'm. I'm. Because I'm. am
0: I'm a big like fan of I, second day re-watches too. But like, do you ever find like how much difference do you feel like in your perception of? What transpired? Uh, how much of that changes on the rewatch? Do you, oh, know, it's like
1: kind how of depends it kind of depends on the game because sometimes up. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what happened. Like Butler felt, I felt pretty comfortable mm-hmm. about how that game transpired. I'm curious about this one because I, 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 think that there, we had a, somebody asked about the pace of Creighton's offense. Yeah, I'm and definitely and curious. I, I want to see. What I didn't did. feel. I felt like Villanova was in. Was and and I, and I also just kind of want to like Villanova final 17 possessions of the game. Uh, scored 27 points mm-hmm. so 27 points on 17 possessions to end the game considering how, how ineffective how upside down it was yeah. before that yeah, so I'm totally. kind of curious to see like I mean was that all offensive rebounding was that just tough shot making or were there some breakdowns you know or um, I mean maybe was there a fatigue factor I don't know maybe it was just championship medals we've talked about but mm-hmm. so there's a few things but no I don't I try not to during the season this is sort of my strategy maybe it's a bad one I don't know but I try not to plan ahead with my coverage. Like oh, okay. I kind of want to just sort of let the season flow and, and react and write based on um, how the team's playing. Okay. So um... yeah, I just been if there was like a feature in the works or anything like that. Yeah, I, not yeah. Okay. I mean, I've, I've, I I was trying to push you in. A I always have a, like, I always have like irons in the fire just in yeah. case like something comes up and where you know if a player has a good run then I'm like okay I, w- I want to write about him mm. um, so. I I don't you know, I, I'll watch this game and sort of assess a plan forward, but I think the storyline going into Xavier is probably gonna be uh about Creighton's sort of bounce back mentality. Gotcha. Um, ninety nine cent still for For the it, first month. For the first month's yeah. Okay. It's a pretty
0: good deal, guys. Like No, it is sure. the hero. Uh yeah, so check out Johnsburg, dot com, buy a newspaper. Um and then whiteandbluereview.com, we'll have postcade coverage for this one, this, this podcast. Uh, are you and Hedy podcasting before Xavier?
1: I don't think we are. I, okay. we, I think we're at Between uh, once a week. Between Xavier and or whatever then? Probably. Okay. Next week.
0: So look out for, uh, cause, uh, if you guys haven't listened to it, um, Half Court half-court, half-court Press. Um, pretty good stuff from uh, John and uh, Chris Hedy that on that Nebraska Creighton, like a Nebraska Creighton beat kind of thing. Um so yeah, uh, thanks for your questions, thanks for your comments, thanks for the topics. Uh we always appreciate the feedback, appreciate the conversation. Um a lot of times you guys drive it, uh and we appreciate it. So Definitely. until what's it next song about? Until January eighteenth, Providence. Providence. Yeah. So
1: we'll
0: be back at you January eighteenth.
1: Man, so Creighton's going. That's an going, afternoon game too, so, so we'll, It's Creighton going on the road through the next four.
0: Yes, they are. They got Xavier, Georgetown, DePaul.
1: All of them winnable, certainly. No doubt. But. Um,
0: but yeah. I feel like that's going to be the way to describe every single game this yeah. year. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back at you January 18th. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week, day. Have a good day. Have a good week. Talk to you later.